Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. World Soccer Talk Radio in vivo right here on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. My name is Nate Abarea. Thank you so much for making this show a part of your daily plans and all of our fantastic affiliates across America here on Sports Byline. And thanks for subscribing to us in podcast form. iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, WorldSoccerTalk.com. Coming to you again from the Small House Studios in Hollywood, California. Big thank you to Nick, Courtney, and London Webster for their assistance with the show over the last few days. And again, thanks to the folks in Pasadena back last Friday and everything that went on on Saturday. An interesting evening last night. Was planning on watching the USA game out in Santa Monica. I went out to Santa Monica, having a great time, hanging out at the King's Head and Barney's Beanery down there by the ocean and watching the Jurgen Klinsmann show, the saga, the Muppet show continue as the USA lost 1-0 in an uninspired, with an uninspiring performance, I should say, against Costa Rica in a friendly at Red Bull Arena. And right towards the end of that match, I got a text message from Hersini of Women United FC, uh, someone who I had the privilege of working alongside on Saturday night at the Rose Bowl for USA Mexico. And the text message read, hey, I'm going to El Salvador and Guatemala in the Copa Delta at the StubHub Center. You want to go? What do you think I said to that? Oh, my goodness. 1-1 match, absolutely cracking goals. And because there was a trophy involved in this game, it actually went to penalties. Guatemala winning that match 4-2 last night on penalties. Talk about atmosphere. Oh, my goodness. The StubHub Center was louder last night than any LA Galaxy match. You can definitely know that and more blunt smoke in the Salvadorian section than a Peter Tosh concert uh, outside the the ugliness of the evening a woman had to see a woman go all Luis Suarez on a guy and actually bit part of his face off that was a interesting sight John Arnold was there and apparently we forgot to sync watches because two gringos in the stadium at the same time I'm not sure how that was supposed to work what took the cake from last night was a 98-year-old Guatemalan woman. That's right, a 98-year-old Guatemalan woman, Una Chapina Linda, who apparently is turning 99 in a few weeks at the match with her Guatemala bandana on. Check out Twitter, at NateWST. Some amazing shots from that game last night at World Soccer Talk to get all of us on Twitter again, at NateWST. Check out those pictures of me and the beautiful Guatemalan fan, all 98 years of her. What an experience last night. Cheers to all the Salvadorians and Guatemalans at that game. La Selecta fans and the Guatemaltecos. It was fun. Leander Sherlackens is with us on the other side of the break. Stay tuned. See the world's best matches live wherever you are with Fox Soccer to go. Watch select live matches on your smartphone, on your tablet, and on your computer. Get the app, get the games, and get your fix. Live soccer and more. Anytime, anywhere. 
Sign up to watch the Bundesliga and Champions League at SoccerOnDish.com. Hey, I have rhythm. I love to dance, and I've been told that I dance pretty well. But I'm also totally blind, which means that sometimes my circadian rhythms can get totally out of step with the world around me. Circadian rhythms are regulated by our internal master body clock. But because I can't perceive light, my body clock simply doesn't know what time it is. This can have me wide awake in the middle of the night and fighting to stay awake during the day. That can affect relationships and make it difficult to be productive at work. And it can make every day a real challenge. It's not my imagination. It's called Non24, and it affects up to 70% of people who are totally blind. So if you're like me, you're not alone, and there is hope. Call 855-856-2424 today, or visit learnmorenon24.com to find out more about Non24. Because learning more about Non24 is the first step to getting your rhythm back. Sponsored by Vanda Pharmaceuticals. If you're a soccer fan and you want to cut the cord and watch more of the beautiful game, NGSN may be the online streaming service you're looking for, freesoccertrial.com. With NGSN, you get live, legal, and on-demand access to matches from the Eredivisie, J-League from Japan, K-League from Korea, Argentina's Primera Division, Portugal, Ecuador, Russian Premier League, as well as leagues from Bolivia, Venezuela, and more. The games are in HD, and commentaries are available in your choice of English or Spanish. And this is a completely new and legal way to watch soccer games in the U.S. Try it, and I think you'll be impressed. All you have to do is go to freesoccertrial.com and sign up today for your free 30-day trial to NGSN. Again, that's freesoccertrial.com. Freesoccertrial.com. Cheers. It's the Yellow Tag Event, and now is the time to find your ultimate adventure. Whether you're hitting the trails with a Can-Am ATV or side-by-side, the open road on a Can-Am Spider, or carving snow on a Ski-Doo snowmobile, you can turn up the excitement for any season with our industry-leading performance and technology. Hurry into your local dealer by October 31st and save up to $3,000 on select 2015 models and get up to a three-year warranty. Restrictions may apply. See your dealer for details. For safety and training info, contact the ATV Safety Institute. You're listening to World Soccer Talk Radio with your host, Nate Abarea, on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. Where are you from, mates? Just around. Nate Abarea back here with you on World Soccer Talk Radio Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. It's a pleasure to welcome into the show right now a man that you know from Fox Soccer, and you can also check out his website, leanderalphabet.com. Mr. Leander Sherlackens. Leander, thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing? It's my pleasure. How are you? I'm doing real good, and, and there's a lot of hysteria going on in, in the American soccer scene right now, and everybody talking all about the, the bad spot that the U.S. are in and, and the Klinsman out movement developing uh, all sorts of momentum. Well, all of this uh, hysteria here in the U.S. soccer landscape, I think, pales in comparison to what's going on in Holland, wouldn't you say, Leander? <laughs> yeah, I think that's probably fair to say. Holland will not be reaching... Uh, Euro 2016, which I believe is the first time they're missing the Euro since 1984, um, and it's it's a pretty depressed mood overall. As, as it has become suddenly very clear and very painful that um, 
Louis van Gaal, uh, our manager at uh, the 2014 World Cup, um, really did very well with limited resources and, and sort of a, got the last out of a, out of a strong generation of Van Persie, Snyder, and, and Robin. Um, that was sort of on the way out. And when there wasn't really much there to compliment them and, and eventually to succeed them, and uh, Huis Hiddink took over as the manager for this qualifying cycle, and he was out after about seven games. And then his assistant, Danny Blintz, um, took over as, uh, as um, sort of an emergency solution for the last few games. And they lost to, uh, they lost to um, the Czech Republic on Tuesday. And since Turkey also beat Iceland, they were eliminated, and, and not by a little bit. They, uh, they were five points behind Turkey in fourth place, so there will be no Dutch at, uh, in France next year. Well, it was a three-two home defeat to the Czech Republic that that ended the uh, the qualifying efforts of of the Dutch team. And there's one quote after this game, Leander, that I want you to to hear and and give your take on, and maybe <laughs> express what you think this quote really means. And it came from from Wesley Schneider, and he said. I am completely empty. I am completely empty physically and mentally. What does that say about the situation of, of that player and really this generation of, of Dutch soccer players? You talk about the age of the squad. When you hear a quote like that, what's going through your mind? Well, it, it's, it sort of refers to a Dutch saying that um, suggests that you've sort of given everything. And they certainly had in that game. I mean, even though they're kind of went behind 3 nothing, uh, thanks in part to a, a Robin van Persie own goal, of all things, um, on, on a weird little header that Jeroen Zoot uh, was wrong-footed on in goal. Um, they, they sort of put a lot of effort into that game, and, and they just didn't have it, as they haven't had it all qualifying campaign, and they, they staged a, a sort of late rally, but they fell short. Um, and, and this whole thing, this whole qualifying uh, session. It's not been for a lack of want for the Dutch. It's, it just hasn't worked for them. And I, I think that one of the things Snyder is referring to is the frustration that they've been feeling. And that was especially true under Chris Hiddink. Um, but uh, Louis van Gaal was criticized to an extent for playing with five defenders at the World Cup or playing at 3-5-2, whatever you want to call it. Uh, playing three central defenders and two wing backs, um, but he recognized straight away that that just needed to be done. Just as Bert van Marwijk had at the 2010 World Cup, he realized that the Dutch just didn't have the talent and the players anymore to play good possession soccer, to play the attacking soccer that they've always wanted to. And then what they'd now essentially become was a counter-attacking team. And, you know, that doesn't sit well with the Dutch. So when Hitting took over, who's a bit of a tactical lightweight, if we're being honest, um, he said, you know, we're going to go back to the Dutch school, back to the 4-3-3. Danny Blint sort of uh, adhered to that. It was very strange, even before the World Cup, when Vachal announced that he'd be leaving the job after the World Cup. They already um, announced Hitting as a successor then, and Blint as Hitting's successor as of... Uh, the 2018 World Cup qualifying cycle straight away as well, so basically appointing the next two managers, which seemed a bit arrogant. Um, so Van Gaal recognized that he needed to build in more defenders and to be more cautious with the approach. And so when, when Hitting sort of threw that by the wayside, that's when things started to fall apart. And I don't think Blint knew how to turn it around either. He stuck with the 4-3-3. And in retrospect, that was, I think, the, the function of quite a lot of hubris and naivete.
Leander, we're talking about this thing in a, in a historic context. You bring up the first time since 1984 that the Dutch have failed to qualify for the European Championships. But I think back to the 2002 World Cup and, and the Dutch not qualifying for, for South Korea and Japan. And everybody was, was panicking and looking at, oh, my goodness, you know, what's going on? with Dutch soccer. Well, they, they rebounded, I, I'd say, pretty well over the next eight to ten years and making all the way to the World Cup final in 2010. Are we looking at something like that again here where, hey, this might just be closer to a, a blip on the map as opposed to this call for massive systematic change? And again, I, I go back to the point that you made about this aging group of players, this real golden age of, of Dutch talent that is... <laughs> aging quite a bit and what that uh, has to do with, with what we're talking about here. Well, I mean, it, it's an entirely different situation from 2002 because in 2002 they had a golden generation and that was truly a golden generation. Sort of the Ajax team from the mid-90s complemented with a few other guys. That was at its absolute prime. And what happened there was a sort of rebellion within the squad um, with Louis van Gaal as manager, incidentally. He managed a lot of those guys when they were really young and with a very, very firm hand. And he sort of did the same thing when he was Holland manager. And they just didn't take well to that because they'd all become big stars by then. They were all playing for Barcelona and, and in Italy and all over the place. And they were all sort of arrived. And they just didn't tolerate that anymore. And that team was sort of rife with internal friction and arguments and clicks and and it was just a bad chemistry and there were a lot of bad apples in that squad but the talent was undeniably there as as we saw in in uh, in the following years this team however is just kind of short on talent and and that's really the painful truth and you know looking down the pipeline you're not really sure that the uh, that the next generation is really there because now if you look at at the current sort of squad, Arjen Robin, who just keeps getting injured, is 31. Um, Van Persie is 32. Klaasjan Huntelaar is 32. Wesley Snyder is 31. So those guys probably aren't going to be around for a whole lot longer. And really, all of those guys are now on the downside of their careers. And, and I think you can even say that of Robin to an extent because he just keeps getting injured. And that next generation hasn't really stepped up. That, that generation of Elgero Elia and, and Jorginho Van Naldum and Vernon Anita, you know, they, they've had solid careers so far. But there's a lot of guys that have sort of fallen by the wayside and haven't quite lived up to expectation. Um, it's quite a long list of guys that are sort of in their mid to late 20s that, that aren't really delivering what was expected of them. So it's really just a down generation, and there's, there's a talent gap there now that they're going to have to bridge somehow. So an, uh, an aging talent pool and a bunch of underperforming guys in their mid-20s and not a lot of hope for the future. Leander, this is sounding actually a lot like the U.S. situation. It is, isn't it? It's, it's remarkable how much it's sounding like the U.S. situation. And on the other side of this break, we're going to talk a little bit about Jurgen Klinsmann and Sunil Galati. And I also want to finish up this Dutch conversation when we get back right here on World Soccer Talk Radio. We'll try to be solutions-oriented here on the show and, and discuss where the Dutch can go from here. And again, going back to, not to say that they're identical situations by any means, but going back to that failure to qualify for the 2002 World Cup. How did the, the Dutch 
how did, how did the nation as a whole, how did the, na- how did the footballing nation, how did the people of that country, how did the people within the footballing system within that country, how did they move on from that failure? Can they learn anything from what they did back in 2001, 2002, and see if they can implement it now? Where from here for Dutch soccer after failing to qualify for the 2016 European Championships? All that and more right here on World Soccer Talk Radio. Stay tuned. It's the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. best matches live wherever you are with fox soccer to go watch select live matches on your smartphone on your tablet and on your computer get the app get the games and get your fix live soccer and more anytime anywhere sign up to watch the bundesliga and champions league at soccerondish.com hey I have rhythm, I love to dance, and I've been told that I dance pretty well. But I'm also totally blind, which means that sometimes my circadian rhythms can get totally out of step with the world around me. Circadian rhythms are regulated by our internal master body clock. But because I can't perceive light, my body clock simply doesn't know what time it is. This can have me wide awake in the middle of the night and fighting to stay awake during the day. That can affect relationships and make it difficult to be productive at work. And it can make every day a real challenge. It's not my imagination. It's called Non-24, and it affects up to 70% of people who are totally blind. So if you're like me, you're not alone, and there is hope. Call 855-856-2424 today, or visit learnmorenon24.com to find out more about Non-24. Because learning more about Non-24 is the first step to getting your rhythm back. Sponsored by Vanda Pharmaceuticals. If you're a soccer fan and you want to cut the cord and watch more of the beautiful game, NGSN may be the online streaming service you're looking for. FreeSoccerTrial.com With NGSN, you get live, legal, and on-demand access to matches from the Eredivisie, J-League from Japan, K-League from Korea, Argentina's Primera Division, Portugal, Ecuador, Russian Premier League, as well as leagues from Bolivia, Venezuela, and more. The games are in HD, and commentaries are available in your choice of English or Spanish. And this is a completely new and legal way to watch soccer games in the U.S. Try it, and I think you'll be impressed. All you have to do is go to freesoccertrial.com and sign up today for your free 30-day trial to NGSN. Again, that's freesoccertrial.com. Freesoccertrial.com. Cheers. It's the Yellow Tag Event, and now is the time to find your ultimate adventure. Whether you're hitting the trails with a Can-Am ATV or side-by-side, the open road on a Can-Am Spider, or carving snow on a Ski-Doo snowmobile, you can turn up the excitement for any season with our industry-leading performance and technology. Hurry into your local dealer by October 31st and save up to $3,000 on select 2015 models and get up to a three-year warranty. Restrictions may apply. See your dealer for details. For safety and training info, contact the ATV Safety Institute. You're listening to World Soccer Talk Radio with your host, Nadal Barea. 
on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. This man is absolute magic that belongs in a different galaxy altogether. Leander Sherlackens is with us here on World Soccer Talk Radio. My name is Nate Abarea. Get at me on Twitter at NateWST. We're talking about everything that's going on in the Netherlands right now after Holland failed to qualify for the European Championships for the first time since 1984. And in that last segment, we, we referenced the failure to qualify for the 2002 World Cup. And definitely apples and oranges, they're, they're different situations, but it's important to, to be historically conscious in this regard and realize that the Dutch have recovered from, from mass disappointment on a footballing level in the failure to qualify for a major tournament before in quite recent history. So with that in mind, Leander... Where from here for Dutch soccer, and especially in regard to that diminishing talent pool that you talk about? It sounds like there might be some need for some true systematic change in Holland. Well, that question has been asked quite a lot. I mean, most recently, Marco van Basten wrote a a scathing editorial about what was called the Cruyff Revolution at Ajax that happened a few years ago. Um, where they basically just just rework the entire youth academy, but he's saying that what that's produced is is players that just aren't up to snuff internationally, and you're you're seeing some some systematic issues with a lot of players that can't, just can't possess the ball anymore at the international level the way they used to be. Um, it might again, like I said before, just be a down generation. There's there's some promising younger players coming through. Um, you know, uh, guys like uh, Jairo Riedewald and Kenny Tete and uh, Ria Shedley Bajour, who are coming through the Ajax Academy, you know, those guys are 19, 20, and 19, respectively. Uh, Anwar Al Ghazi, uh, a winger for Ajax who's 20. Um, there, there's talent coming through, and of course, Memphis is, uh, of Manchester United is only 21. So it seems that maybe we're, uh, the Dutch are in a spot once again, kind of like they were. In, uh, at the 2006 World Cup, where they were kind of stuck between generations. And now you've kind of got the generation that's in its mid to late 20s that maybe isn't quite up to snuff to carry the thing is going to have to you know, try to limit the damage for a little bit until that next generation is ready to go. But I think you should anticipate a little bit of a down period from the Dutch. Um, I imagine they'll qualify for the World Cup. I, I don't know that... They'll, they'll really miss two major tournaments in a row. That would be quite shocking. But uh, I think it's going to be a little while before they're properly competitive again. I'm going to throw you three names right now. We'll do them one at a time. And, Leander, I want you to tell me if these players are going to be present at the 2018 World Cup. Assuming, of course, assuming that the Dutch qualify for the 2018 World Cup. But even present in the qualifying efforts, stalwarts in the qualifying efforts. And we'll start with uh, Wesley Snyder. I think not. He's going to be uh, 34 at the 2018 World Cup, and he's kind of been on the decline since 2010, really, since the 2009-2010 season with Inter Milan. I don't think he's going to be there anymore. Um, Also because he's a huge personality in the locker room. And I think that for any manager trying to rebuild, it's not helpful to have sort of someone who has that much clout and and who sort of represents the old guard in that way uh, to still be around. Leander, you talk about clout and representing the old guard, and I, I've heard many people uh, from, from Holland say this, and I'm curious to get your thoughts, that Wesley Snyder could, could someday be a manager and maybe even someday in the, in the near or distant future the, the manager of the Dutch national team. What do you think about that? 
I'm not so sure he might be. He he certainly is is influential, but he's also you know sometimes been described as a clubhouse cancer. Um, under under Van Marwijk, at one point, and I think that was before the 2010 World Cup, or it might have even been before Euro 2012, where they they played abominably. Um, there was actually talk of kicking him off the national team because. Um, this was never confirmed publicly, of course, but some very well-sourced journalists uh, reported this because he he could be such a uh, you know he could be such an instigator, and and there were these clicks within the team. There was the Ajax click, there was the Feyenoord click of the guy who'd come through those respective academies, and Snyder sort of led the Ajax click, and and Van Persie ran the uh, the Feyenoord click, and it was all very divisive. And the the Dutch have have a lot of talent for soccer, but they have even more talent for infighting. Um, and Snyder has a lot of times been at the heart of that. So he, he'll he kind of have to get over all of that stuff. And he has emerged as more of a leader on this national team and, and sort of more of a, uh, a unifier than a divider. But I don't know, that, that, that might be in his character somewhere. So, so I don't know how effective he's going to be as a manager. Well, it's amazing because over the years it seems as if there's never – any gray area with Wesley Snyder. He's either an, an inspirational leader or a, a dressing room cancer, uh, as, as Leander pointed out right there. It's, it's seldom, seldom is middle ground found uh, in regards to Wesley Snyder, and especially in regards to people's opinions of Wesley Snyder. All right, I want to throw you another name, and you tell me if this person is even going to be involved in the qualifying efforts for the 2018 World Cup, and it's Robin Van Persie, Leander. I suspect not. Um... You know, he's playing in Turkey now, and he just got his 100th cap for Holland, which, which not a lot of people have done. He's got 50 international goals now, which is a record. Um, he's 32. Uh, you know, but by the time qualifying rolls around, he's going to be 33. Um, I, I just don't know that it makes sense to hold on to him for that much longer. He's not that wrecking ball force that he was just a few years ago anymore. I think Manchester United probably moved him on at the right time. I just don't see him being influential enough to um, to really stunt the development potentially of other players. I don't know that uh, that he has all that much added value anymore, which pains me to say because he was for a very long time just a, a really wonderful player. Well, if we're talking about men with otherworldly soccer talent who can also be locker room cancers this conversation has to include a man by the name of Aryan robin leander will Aryan robin be a part of the dutch qualifying efforts for the 2018 world cup and potentially uh, uh will he have a world cup spot in three years i suspect so because so far he's aged pretty well other than those injuries and it seems with him that the injuries sort of come in waves and now he's sort of in a bad spell and he's had a few uh, but he he does still make a difference and I think unlike Snyder and Van Persie, he can still really put the team on his back um, as he did at the World Cup. So I suspect that he'll be involved in some way, maybe not for the entire cycle, but, but I, I think you should still be seeing him around because he's also a little bit younger than the other two. Um, actually, he's younger than Van Persie, but um, he's, uh, he's actually slightly older than Snyder, I didn't realize, but um, I, I think you should still see some of him at the very least. He's 31. Um, he, too, will be 34 at the, uh, at the 2018 World Cup. But I just see him aging a little bit better, e- even though he's had those injuries. 
Here's a fun little wild card one here. Assuming that the Dutch qualify for the 2018 World Cup, looking when you look at this man's current contract with the club that he is managing, and we tie this right back into the 2018 World Cup now, could you potentially see Louis van Gaal ever returning to manage the Dutch national team and maybe even around the 2018 World Cup? No, I, I don't think he's going to come back for a third time. He's He won't even extend his contract with Manchester United because he apparently promised his wife that he really is retiring this time around. Um, this is not to say he won't change his mind, but a third spell with the national team is sort of unheard of. And, and Louis van Gaal is smart enough to understand that uh, which jobs could tarnish his his legacy, which is important to him, and, and which ones can boost it. And I, I think he understands that this wouldn't be a good period for the national team to return to it because he kind of rebuilt it. Um, and he, even though he, he was leaning on these veterans, he brought in a lot of young players. Now, of course, his, his successor subsequently kind of dismantled all of that work and, and his, his tactical um, systems uh, to, to disastrous results. But I think he sort of understands that there's not a lot to be won here. And he, he actually said in the past that, you know, he, he coached the national team not because he enjoyed it, but as a service to his country. Um, <laughs> so it, it doesn't seem like he, uh, he would want to do that again. Is that the most LVG quote you could possibly hear? I don't, I'm not doing this because I enjoy it. I'm doing it as a service to my country. That is, that is so LVG, Leander. It, it, it really is. The man has nothing if, uh, if not a talent for, uh, for ego and, and especially this <laughs> broadcasting to people how much he's doing for their lives. <laughs> he's doing so much for our lives. That's right. Cheers to you, LVG. Thank you for everything that you were doing for us. Thank you for everything that you're doing for this radio show. We've got a minute before we got to head to break. I threw to you three of the most recognizable names. You could say, I mean, of all time, really, in the grand scheme of things, but definitely in this latest generation of players in Wesley Snyder, Robin Van Persie, and Arjen Robin. In the final minute that we got before we got to head to break, Leander, is there anybody else that you see moving on uh, from, from this generation of players? Any other notable names? Well, there, there are players like Nigel de Jong, maybe, that you won't see as much of anymore. Um, there are a few guys that are getting on now. Johnny Heitenha, you're not seeing very much of anymore. Uh, maybe Ibrahim Afalai, whose career sort of went off the rails at Barcelona. He had a few injuries. A lot was expected of him. He never really delivered. I think Klaus Jan Huntelaar is a question mark because he's, um, he's 32 now. He's actually six days younger than, than Robin van Persie, although he's playing at a higher level right now. He actually has an incredible 42 career goals for 76 caps, but uh, I think you have to wonder how much longer he's going to be around as well. That'd be the stat of the day right there for Mr. Huntelaar. 42 goals in 76 caps for the Dutch national team. It's not a bad rate there. Leander Sherlackens is with us right here on World Soccer Talk Radio, and when we get back, we are going to take a flight from Amsterdam, and we're going to head back stateside and talk about Jurgen Klinsmann, talk about Sunil Gulati, and talk about the situation here in the U.S. of A., which... <laughs> In many ways, it's quite similar to what's going on in Holland. Also, quite a few differences as well and things that make it oh so unique. We're back after this on World Soccer Talk Radio, talking Klinsman and Galati. Stay tuned. At GEICO, we've been innovating car insurance for over 75 years with forward-thinking ideas like online quotes and the GEICO mobile app. 
And to prove it, we'll play one of our first radio commercials from 75 years ago. By Jiminy, Geico could save you money on your car insurance, which is what we'll be doing over 75 years from now. Who knows? Maybe with some sort of application that's accessible on a futuristic handheld device. We'll call them online quotes. See? Forward thinking. Geico, saving people money for over 75 years. It's the Yellow Tag Event, and now is the time to find your ultimate adventure. Whether you're hitting the trails with a Can-Am ATV or side-by-side, the open road on a Can-Am Spider, or carving snow on a Ski-Doo snowmobile, you can turn up the excitement for any season with our industry-leading performance and technology. Hurry into your local dealer by October 31st and save up to $3,000 on select 2015 models and get up to a three-year warranty. Restrictions may apply. See your dealer for details. For safety and training info, contact the ATV Safety Institute. Pedro Fernandez here. You might know me as the host of Ring Talk Live Worldwide, but this time I'm here to talk about that four-letter word everybody dreads, pain. If you have back pain or knee pain like I do, hey, you should know about the Health Alert Hotline. I'm talking about if Medicare is your primary medical insurance, and guess what? You can qualify for a back or knee brace or a shoulder brace for little or no charge. Anything to help me with the pain, hey, makes it more manageable, gets my attention, folks. I love the free delivery, and they take care of the paperwork for you. So if you have Medicare and need help for your back, ankle, knee, or shoulder, guess what? Give the Health Alert Hotline a call toll-free, 1-800-428-1570. 1-800-428-1570. You can qualify for a back or knee brace or a shoulder brace for little or no charge. 1-800-428-1570. The Health Alert Hotline, 1-800-428-1570. Do you have an old car sitting in your driveway? How would you like to learn a hassle-free way to get rid of it, help kids in need, and get a great tax donation in the process? It's real easy. One simple free call to our car donation hotline is all it takes. Call the Nishama Foundation at 800-760-4895. 800-760-4895. We'll come pick your car up for free and give you a tax donation for the full value of the car, running or not. The value of your unwanted car will go to help kids in need. It's fast and easy. Just call us and your car will be gone and on its way to helping children in 48 hours. And you get a nice tax deduction. Call the Nishama Foundation now to get rid of your car, help kids, and get a tax write-off. Call 800-760-4895. 800-760-4895. That's 800-760-4895. You're listening to World Soccer Talk Radio with your host, Nada Barea, on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. How'd you like to play football against the Germans? Why not? Nate Abarea and Leander Sherlackens here with you on World Soccer Talk Radio Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. We are traveling from Holland back stateside. We're we'll, we'll go to both coasts. We'll go to we'll go to New York or New Jersey, and we'll also go to Southern California, and we'll talk about the last couple of performances from the U.S. men's national team. Actually, we don't really need to talk too much about the performances, especially the one last. Get right to the point here, Leander. And I, I always have to specify this on this show that there is. With this question, there is a big difference, and it's such a unique one that is 
really just not similar to any other managerial situation, any other international coaching situation in the world of soccer. It, it is oh so unique based on a, a number of different things. And so the words should and will obviously need to be separated here. So I'll, I'll throw this as a two-parter to, to you, Leander, and we'll start with this one. Okay. Should Jurgen Klinsmann be sacked as the manager of the U.S. men's national team? Um, I don't know that he needs to be sacked necessarily. I think that his role might have to be redefined. Um, I think that he's a good big ideas guy. I think that where things fall apart for him is that he doesn't know how to execute those ideas. He has sort of a clear picture, it seems, of, well, one, what a, what a big and good and successful federation looks like because he spent a great deal of his life around one in Germany as a player and then as a manager. I don't know that he actually knows how to construct one from the ground up, as he's essentially having to do with U.S. soccer. Um, so I think that he can still be a technical director. I also think he can still be involved with the senior men's national team. But I think it would be better in, in whatever you would call such a position, right, associate head coach or even head coach or field manager or whatever. Um, he could really stand to benefit, as I've written in my column for Yahoo Sports, um, to have a, a strong assistant or a field manager who actually does the day-to-day Jurgen could even still, you know, do the call-ups like they do in some countries where it's not actually the national team manager uh, who, who calls the national team or it's how they used to do it in some countries. Um, and then for the manager to actually put the team together, get it prepared, run practice, take care of the tactics, that sort of thing, which by all accounts is essentially how things worked when he was the Germany manager um, where he sort of plotted out the big ideas and Yogi Löw, who's still the manager there now, actually seemed to run the team or at least dictate the tactics. Um, so in that regard, I think he can stick around, but clearly some kind of adjustment is needed. Leander, you're, you're throwing out forward thinking. You're, you're throwing out logic here, and, and it all seems to, to make quite a bit of sense and how it should go because I, mean, I was at the Rose Bowl on Saturday night, and I was, I was in his post-match press conference, and the, the level of arrogance, the level of, of what many people could perceive as just this incredible naive nature uh, that, that surrounds Jurgen Klinsmann that is in the head of Jurgen Klinsmann, this, this horrible combination of, of being naive and, and being arrogant and, and some would also throw in ignorant in there as well. What, what you're talking about makes so much sense, but will it ever happen? Will he be willing to do that? And would Sunil Galati ever think of doing something like that? Or are the U.S. simply stuck? with Jurgen Klinsmann through the duration of his contract, as far as if we're talking Jurgen Klinsmann, the soccer manager, who clearly, if you've seen any of the last three U.S. games, is tactically inept in oh so many ways. I think there's a few different angles to that, and I think the first one is his contract, like you bring up. I've seen different reports. He he seems to have definitely gotten a bump on his last salary of $2.5 million on his new deal. Um, Sports Illustrated Grant Wall seems to report it as at least $3 million a year. Um, so it seems that safe to say that Klinsman has almost $10 million and maybe more left on his contract. Now, U.S. soccer isn't the sort of federation that can afford to just pay that out. Or, or maybe probably even to pay out a, a, part, a part of that. So I imagine in that sense, unless Klinsman quits or gets you know, headhunted by someone else, he's going to pretty much be around for the duration of that contract. And the other aspect of that is that 
Sunil Gulati really wanted Klinsman, and he, and he, in a sense, sort of staked at least some of his reputation to his success, especially sticking by him, uh, giving him a contract extension before Klinsman had even gone to a World Cup. Um, he's, he sort of said, this is my guy, and as such, he knows that he's going to be judged against how Klinsman does as well. So, you know, the, probably the most graceful solution for everybody is, like I said, to kind of redefine his role. And, you know, they can, they can PR spin that however they like and say, well, you know, he's getting a promotion or something. Um, and and in, in some way keep him around, but maybe not quite as hands-on on the national team. I think if anything's going to happen, and I'm not entirely sure that it will, that's probably the most likely scenario. Leander, after everything we talked about with the Dutch national team and now with what we're talking about here with, with Jurgen and, and Sunil Galati, I can't remember an episode of the show where we've used the term systematic change more than we have today. And that's one of the main things that people point to with Jurgen Klinsmann, actually point to his track record in Germany. And when you look into the recent history books of what he was a part of in revitalizing German football, in many ways... I don't want to say from the ground up, but from some very low points up and building in many ways, you know, from from the ground up. And so you have to look at his personal track record, look at what he's all about. But then you look at his personal track record in the most recent sense. And and there's really not only is the senior national team underperforming, but you look at what's going on with the Olympic qualifying effort. You look at, at the U.S. really lacking any quality showings in, in, in big uh, youth tournaments or, or U-17s, U-18s, U-19s, U-20s, that, that realm, which, which should be the, this Klinsman revolution you'd think should be paying dividends because that's where so much focus is going is in, you know, revamping the system. And, I'm I'm curious to to get your thoughts on that because w- without th- there's one thing that people go to all the time and I've been on this side of, of this argument many a times in in defending Jurgen Klinsmann that is saying that hey hey look look deeper than the surface here there's a lot going on there's some beautiful change going on at, at oh so many levels okay if someone says hey there's someone else who can accomplish systematic change. I feel like that's the only thing that needs to be said to defeat this idea that Klinsman has to stay around, that he's the only man that can accomplish systematic change within U.S. soccer. There's no one else that could do it from the ground up. What do you think about that? And and is there somebody else that could do this? Or or is is he the only guy, based on what he's done in Germany and, and his international clout and everything that's gone on in his footballing life, that he's just the only guy that could accomplish change? change like what we're talking about well i think the fundamental flaw in 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 this line of thought and probably in in the entire idea behind klinsman's appointment is this notion that one person can change the entire structure and i think what's important to remember and what a lot of people forget is what he accomplished in germany um was abetted uh by a process that was set in motion long before he came around I mean, the, the German Federation and the German teams had, uh, the German clubs, I should say, had decided a long time before uh, Klinsmann was appointed that what they were doing wasn't working and that they sort of needed to really um, rejuvenate their player development, sort of from the youngest levels up. And they started that process long before Klinsmann became, uh, became the national team manager. Um, he actually became the manager because a bunch of people rejected the job 
and uh, and they really needed somebody and you know just as he sort of got in got to the uh, got to the position um a lot of those players that had been um coming through from this totally revamped youth system started to sort of push into the national team now certainly he deserves and gets credit for embracing that and to sort of recognizing that uh, that those players were ready and that the national team program could sort of handle a culture shift and a sort of radical player um, or a radical change in the style that they were going to play um, and, and for implementing it and putting the right people around him and for sort of sticking with it. For all those things, he deserves credit. But I think the important thing to remember here is that the fundamental structure that provided him with the players that he needed was already there. Uh, so I think in that sense, his his appointment to the U.S. was sort of backwards because they started with the guy in the top, and then he tried to sort of work back from there and try to get the youth academies um, and the youth development system in the shape, and it just hasn't worked. Leander, earlier in, in the program, you labeled Goose Hitting as a tactical lightweight. So if Goose Hitting is a tactical lightweight, I think I would make Jurgen Klinsmann a, a tactical featherweight. So it, it would seem that you're saying it's fair for U.S. fans to want him out as coach. But should U.S. fans be okay with, with some of the other things that you threw out that I really agree with. I, I don't want Jurgen Klinsmann to just be cast off to sea, never never to have anything to do with U.S. soccer again. I, I like many of the, the ideas that you have, but do you think U.S. soccer fans should be okay with that considering what we've seen from him on the surface with the senior team? Well, I think the solution there, because I just don't think it's realistic to expect him to just go away because he's just not going to because of the things we talked about, the contract, the reputations at stake. Um, I, I think that, you know, for him to sort of be pulled away from the day-to-day aspect of it is, is probably the best that those fans are going to do in, in terms of what they're hoping for for the national team. So in, in that regard, um, I, I think that bringing somebody else in who can handle the tactics, who can do – the, the actual coaching of the team um, with, with Jurgen in some kind of supervisory role where he nevertheless doesn't have as much influence on what actually happens on the field is, is probably the most likely and most realistic scenario. Leander, should that person that you, that you speak of be an American, or does that matter for you? I really don't care, and maybe it's because I'm not American, but I, I really don't see the point of this, this jingoism and this, this national pride in who the manager is. You know, <laughs> I think there's a lot of countries that are held back by this, this fixation on, on what nationality their, their manager is. I think the English suffer from that in particular, where they're just kind of going through a fallow spell. Um, in terms of the managers that they're producing, but they decide that they have to have an English manager, and it kind of winds up hurting them. I don't think it has to be an American. Um, you know, th- this is a country of immigrants anyway, so why suddenly decide that somebody has to be pure? Um, it could really be anybody. I do think it would be helpful for it to be a guy who knows the player pool really well and who sort of understands that playing in MLS is different from playing in a lot of other places. So by that logic, maybe that does bring you to an American, but I don't think that should be on principle. Beautifully said, Leander. And the final thing I got to ask you about here in the two minutes that we got with you, I got to ask you about Sadil Galati. And, and we've, we've talked about him quite a bit on the show this week and, and his relationship with Jurgen Klinsmann. We've also spoken quite a bit about his relationship with folks like Chuck Blazer and Jack Warner. But we'll push all that aside right now. I just want to ask you, in a soccer sense, 
Do you see Sunil Gulati hindering the advancement of U.S. soccer at all? Or, or do you still, as someone who, who has, has a very neutral view of all this, do you still see Sunil Gulati as someone that could help the advancement of American soccer? Um, I don't think there's really any question that American soccer has advanced immensely since Sunil Gulati has both been involved and been in charge of it. Um, and, and that's not just me kissing ring, that's, that's seeing it from up close. And, you know, the fact that he's managed to advance himself personally within CONCACAF, within FIFA, um, into really the highest echelons of power of soccer in, in the structure as it currently exists, it's, it's hard to say what that's going to become, um, that can really only be helpful for American soccer. You know, he's, uh, I, I actually spent a few days with him once when I was uh, writing an article about him, and I, I observed him teaching his class. He's an economics lecturer at Columbia, and, and he treats um, or he, he handles American soccer in a lot of ways like an economist. And it needed that because when, when he first showed up, the federation was broke, and, and now it can afford to pay a manager uh, apparently $3 million a year. And, and whether you agree with if that manager is the right one or not, that, that says something about how far the federation has come. They do a lot of things in the right way, and they're investing a lot of money. So, you know, regard, if, if you take a step back from the day-to-day results, which I think you should when you're judging a federation president, I'm, I'm personally very much of the belief that, that he's done a good job, and, and I, I see no reason for him not to do it. Always maintain historical consciousness. Leander Sherlackens, it has been great having you on the show. Before we let you go, how can folks uh, get a hold of you in the Twitter sphere? At Leander Alphabet. And all my stuff is, uh, for the most part, on Yahoo Sports. Beautiful. Check out his work with Yahoo Sports. Check out on Twitter at Leander Alphabet. Leander, thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. And you're welcome back anytime, mate. It was my pleasure. I'd love to. Again, that was Leander Sherlackens. We're back after this on World Soccer Talk Radio, taking the express train home. Stay tuned right here on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. In your town, a techno Today, investors need to secure and protect their life savings. With government spending out of control, they continue to print money to cover the ever-increasing debt, which decreases the value of the dollar and promotes inflation. American Bullion offers a hassle-free opportunity to transfer any portion of your existing IRA or previous 401k to a gold IRA for your protection. Take advantage of the lower gold prices today and enjoy the long-term security and hedge against inflation that gold and silver can provide in an IRA. Thousands of others have trusted American Bullion to transfer their IRAs into gold, and you can too. Call American Bullion today and discover the stability, protection, and peace of mind that a gold IRA can bring. Call American Bullion today at 800 576 1046 for a free consultation and receive their free IRA rollover guide, which offers the best information on gold IRAs. Keep your life savings safe and sound when you can. Call 800 576 1046. That's 800 576 1046 for your free gold IRA guide. Attention catheter users, stop reusing dirty catheters. Catheters are now disposable. Recent changes in Medicare now allow patients up to 200 disposable catheters a month, all at little or no cost to you. We bill Medicare. Put an end to the mess and risk of infection by using old catheters. Just use a catheter once and throw it away. Eliminate trips to the pharmacy and insurance paperwork. Shipping is free. 
Receive a free catheter sample by calling and joining Medical Direct Club right now. Call 1-800-399-9018 to receive your free catheter sample discreetly delivered right to your door. That's 1-800-399-9018. 1-800-399-9018. Call 1-800-399-9018 today. Deductibles and copays apply. Free catheter samples require qualified membership. Sample will arrive with 90-day order. Hi, I'm Dr. Robert Clapper, Chief of Orthopedic Surgery at Cedars-Sinai Medical Group in Los Angeles, California. Dedicated to your health, your life, and your sports. As a weekend warrior, you know about sports injuries and pain. Exercise is an important element in keeping your body's core in good shape to minimize sports injuries. But when you are in pain, there is one product that I recommend to my patients, and that is Blue Goo Gel. Blue Goo consists of a proprietary formula developed specifically for the treatment of inflammation and general muscle aches and strains. I recommend Blue Goo for my patients coping with hip and knee pain before surgery, especially bursitis and tendonitis. Give Blue Blue Goo a try. Call 1-888-330-0123 and you'll receive a one-week supply of Blue Goo absolutely free. The makers of Blue Goo are even paying the shipping. The number again is 1-888-330-0123. If you want more information on Blue Goo, visit online at www.dothegoo.com. Now available at select big five stores near you. Ever bitten anybody? Have you ever gone all Luis Suarez on somebody and actually just been so World Soccer Talk Radio back here with you on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. Another huge thank you to Leander Sherlackens for joining us. Check out his work with uh, Yahoo Sports and also uh, check him out on Twitter at Leander Alphabet. Huge thank you to him for participating in a very, very interesting conversation. And again, Go back to this conversation. Review this thing a little bit. And look at the parallels between what's going on in Holland right now. A, a nation with a storied footballing history. A nation that is, has done so much for the world's game. And think back to Dutch soccer in the 70s. And look at what they're going through right now. Okay, U.S. soccer, for all intents and purposes in the modern sense, is about 26, 27 years old. Think about it like a human being, okay? And we're going through some of the same things that uh, a nation with a much deeper history is going through right now. Just take that for what it's worth. I'm not trying to defend anybody by saying that. Just take that for what it's worth. A huge thank you to all of the Guatemaltecos in Los Angeles last night and the fans of El Salvador. Another thanks to Leander. Thanks to the gaffer. Thanks to Dom, the producer. My name's Nate Abarea, signing off. Bye for now.